On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we're going to be previewing the top 15 showdown between the Kansas Jayhawks and the Iowa State Cyclones for Saturday. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 on KLWN and Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And uh, on today's edition of the show, we're going to be previewing the Kansas-Iowa State matchup that's happening in Allen Fieldhouse at 3 o'clock on Saturday. You can hear that on KLWN and 105.9 KISS. You're uh, homes for the Hawks in Lawrence. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. So Kansas versus Iowa State. Iowa State ranked 14th in the AP poll. Kansas is ranked second, so we got a top 15 showdown. Last season, these two met, and, and that was quite the uh, big matchup. We're going to start with our top storylines. We'll get into our scouting report and matchups. We'll finish things off with our bet online segment of the week. Uh, so the top storyline in this one, you have two unbeaten teams in Big 12 play going at it. Uh, both these teams 4-0 to begin Big 12 action to this point. And in the case of KU, it's you know kind of expected for them to be at or near the top of the conference at this point every year. In the case of Iowa State, it's it's been kind of a nice surprise for them. Now, Iowa State went from being a team that you know didn't win a Big Twelve game a couple of years ago to all of a sudden last year they had this unbelievable non-conference, struggled a bit in conference play, getting wins though they were really competitive in the losses, and they ended up squeaking into the NCAA tournament, got an 11 seed, and they got hot. They made it to the Sweet 16. They had a great run in the tournament, and they were led by I mean it was a turnaround of bringing in some good transfers. They had a really elite defense under TJ Otzelberger. And the question was, well, what are they going to be like this year? Because as much of a surprise as they were last year, you lose some key players, notably Isaiah Brockington, who was the team's best player a season ago. They added some more transfers. They've seen players like Gabe Kalsher and Caleb Grill really elevate their game a little bit more in addition to the, the transfers that they've brought in. And they have arguably been even better this year. I, I think probably not even arguably uh, this year than they were a season ago. Um, I think they won six or seven Big 12 games last year. And again, that's a team that was really good and made the Sweet 16. But this year, they're looking like they're going to be a team that is almost expected to make the Sweet 16 instead of it being maybe like a, a kind of surprise run, even after they did lose Brockington and Tyrese Hunter over to Texas. Um, so Iowa State's been really good. And this is a legit team. This isn't just like, hey, they've just gotten hot and they beat some bad opponents in the Big 12 and they're 4-0. No, like, Every game in the Big 12 seems to be close. Every game seems to come down to the wire because all the teams in the conference are good teams. Iowa State is like the one team that's blowing out some of these opponents. They're not blowing out every game, but like they just absolutely blew out Texas Tech last game. Uh, they kind of blew out Baylor. I mean, it's you know, double-digit win that they kind of won coasting down the stretch. Um, this is a really, really good basketball team. This is a team that uh, legitimately could make like a Final Four. They, they get contributions from everyone they play elite defense and, and the way they're playing right now if you're going to be one of the top teams in the big 12 why can't you make a final four so you have two really good teams kansas obviously a final four threat iowa state top 15 team maybe going to work up even higher if they win this they're certainly going to be in the top 10 i don't know maybe even near the top five at that point uh but two of the better teams in the big 12 and this starts that stretch for kansas which is another storyline with this game in kansas state which 
Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State. Those are the three unbeaten teams left, and we're going to get to uh, see some of it shake out in the next couple of days. Storyline number two, more Allen Fieldhouse magic. To this point, Kansas has really needed that Allen Fieldhouse magic. And yes, you give the players and the coaches credit and everything, but there's just something special that happens in that building and the way that fans get into it. They probably had no business beating Oklahoma State, probably had no business beating Oklahoma, but here we are, they're 2-0 at home. Allen Fieldhouse magic is real. But at some point, it'd be nice not to use any, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be important for Kansas to have a win, especially at home, where they don't need some crazy run late or they don't need a last-minute shot or, you know, you're up by one with 15 seconds left and you need a stop. At some point, just win a game by, like, six or seven. You know, have it be a game that you just, yeah, you, you kind of controlled and, and you put down to the, the finish line and, and you didn't have to worry about those last second shots or all you had to worry about is don't turn it over and, and hit some free throws late and you're going to win by seven or eight points. That'd be kind of nice for the for this team to happen. But if they do need it, will there be more Allen Fieldhouse magic? The third storyline, the rematch of last year's crazy game in Allen Fieldhouse. So if you remember a season ago, Kansas very easily could have lost to Iowa State. And the Cyclones have, have had some success in Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, when you say some success, for most teams, it's still like, oh, well, we only won two of, of 10 games in Allen Fieldhouse. And, you know, overall record-wise, that would not be good. But compared to what other teams do in Allen Fieldhouse, that would actually be very good, right? And and so they had the win, I think it was like five, six years ago, where they just hit a bunch of threes. Um, they nearly beat you last year, I think 62-61 or 63-62. Low 60s game, kind of an ugly game. Um, Kansas struggled against that defense. They were kind of playing like that 1-3-1 zone where they had a guy at the top who was making it really hard, and they pressure the ball, and they have good rim protection inside. Just really good defense, forcing turnovers. It was problematic for Kansas, and there was that back and forth in the last minute where both teams are hitting shots. Dewan Harris eventually hits kind of the the like running hook shot to win the game for Kansas, followed by, a uh, I think it was Gabe Kalsher missing the last shot after he was just kind of on fire all game long before that. So um, Iowa State certainly has had some other games where they've pushed KU to the very limit. Um, and has been a thorn in KU's side when they've been good, and I expect it to be a really good game and a close game down the stretch. Um, but you just hope, like I said, if you're Kansas, you don't need some more last-minute heroics like you necessarily did last year. But if you do, you have the same guy who hit the shot with Dewan Harris, so I guess that's uh, a positive for you coming into this one. Okay, uh, we're going to get to our I Iowa State scouting report. We're also going to get on to our matchups of the game. We'll finish up with our Bet Online segment of the week. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball to soccer. Started back with the Premier League. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, which you're listening to this, so you know right up your alley, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're the fastest and easy way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Moving on to our Iowa State scouting report and some matchups of the game before we finish off with our bet online segment of the week. Iowa State, really good team, as we talked about. They uh, they ranked 14th. In the AP poll, they are 13 and two on the season. They are four and zero in Big 12 play. And you look at some of the different metric sites, like this is top 20 team, pretty consensusly. 
um, and Ken Palm, their top 20 team. They have their top wins are over North Carolina, Villanova, St. John's, and then at least in the non-con. They have losses to UConn, who's been a really good team, though UConn's kind of fading of late, and then Iowa in their non-con. There has been one small common denominator in their losses, but it's only two of them, so it's not like that big of a sample size, is that they couldn't really score or play good offense, which makes sense because if you can – like they have a really good defense, but if you're a good offense – Good offense can beat good defense. Maybe not, not you know, also the game can hit a bit, but if you put up a big enough point total for an offense that can struggle in Iowa State, then maybe it's tough for them to, to keep up uh, to play. So if Kansas has a good offensive game, you should win this game. But if you have too many turnovers, you, you struggle shooting the ball, you struggle at two-point shooting like you did against Oklahoma and kind of have over the course of Big 12 play, then it could be problematic. Um, but in Big 12 play so far, they have been on a roll to get to 4-0. They won by 15 against Baylor. They won by three at Oklahoma. They won by two at TCU. That's a really good road win at TCU. And then they beat Texas Tech by 34 earlier this week. In conference games only, so if you only count the Big 12 games that have been played, four Big 12 teams, they are second in the conference in offensive efficiency. They are first in defense Ken Palm's website. So they have been a juggernaut through their first four games of conference play. And it's the great defense that really leads this team. They're top 10 in the country. They're, they're close to being top five in the country. Um, and they just do it in a lot of different ways. They're above average at defending two-point two shots. They do have really good block rates inside. They're good at defending the three-point line. But by far, the top skill for this Iowa defense is to turn teams over. They are the very best team in the country in turning teams over. It's about 30% of the time that opposing offenses turn the ball over against the Iowa State defense because of the unique kind of defense that they'll throw out there with the 1-3-1 or with some of the different things they do, pressuring the ball, playing super, super hard, having rim protection inside where you kind of have to back it out at certain points in time. Their ability to turn the ball over, it is it is just elite, and it causes teams so many issues. And um, they've been doing that, too, in Big 12 play, not quite at 30%, but still at a really high mark. They will foul you a lot, though, and they do give up a solid amount of offensive rebounds. Maybe those are some ways Kansas can exploit it. And the way that Big 12 refs have been calling it the last week since that memo was sent out, maybe there will be another high free throw game, so maybe a long game. Uh, get ready for, for that, possibly, like the Oklahoma game. Now, on the other end, Iowa State, they have been on fire from three in Big 12 play. They're hitting over 43% of their three-point shots in Big 12 play. They have done an excellent job at grabbing misses, uh, getting offensive rebounds. Overall for the season, they're outside the top 70 on offensive efficiency. But in Big 12 play only, they have really ramped things up. And a big reason why is just the threes are, are really falling for them. And, and they have been a solid three-point shooting team over the course of everything. Like they're at about 35.5% from three. But certainly uh, there, there could at some point like come back down to earth from where they're shooting at 43%. You know what I mean? Um, so we'll see if that's this game or if it continues on. But they've been top 50 at grabbing their misses. They do a good job avoiding blocked shots. They shoot well from two-point range. The weaknesses offensively kind of revolve around the lack of getting to the free throw line and they miss a lot of those limited free throw attempts they take, they also turn the ball over too much. Lineup-wise, you're going to be looking at playing 
bunch of like 6'1", 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", type guards at the one through three. Um, it'll mostly be like a 6'4", 6'6", 6'7", type wing as the four-man. And then the two centers are going to be lumbering big guys, like around 6'10", 250. Um, now, Jaron Holmes, Gabe Kalsher. Holmes is a transfer. Kalsher was with Iowa State last year, and he played really well in Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas. Both of those guys are kind of the definition of tough shot makers. Like they can make any shot on the floor. They're going to hit contested mid-range shots or contested three. But in both those guys' cases, they're also players that can run cold in a given game. So you never know how it's going to go that game. Like both Gabe Kalsher and or Jaron Holmes could go off and they could have 20, they could have 25 points and they could just be hitting everything imaginable against Kansas. It's also possible that those guys, because they are kind of those, you know, low floor, high ceiling variant shooters that, either one or both just has uh, a game where they go, you know, two for nine or two for 10. Like that's kind of in, in been in the cards for both those players. So we'll see which way it's going in this game in Allen Fieldhouse, but certainly with Kalsher playing well last year in Allen Fieldhouse, you feel like that would continue this year. Um, Caleb Grill is a knockdown three-point shooter, formerly at Mays High School in uh, Kansas. He's a really good three-point shooter. When he gets going, that's when they get really tough to beat. He had like 20-something against North Carolina, was hitting everything as they beat North Carolina earlier. And then they just get like a lot of contributions from a bunch of other players down the line. Like both their centers will come in, score it a little bit, rebound a little bit, um, block shots a little bit. Uh, they have other guys who come off off the wing or at guard positions that might get you four, five, six, seven, eight points per game. It's just it's just kind of a, a unity thing with all those guys putting it together. But it's really those three guys for the offense side of it. Holmes, Kalsher, and Grill, that if any of them or all of them get hot, that's when you really get in trouble. And, and so far, they have been hot of Big 12 play. Now, as far as the matchups of the game, uh, based on the Iowa State turnover rate, it's got to be KU versus the pressure of Iowa State is the number one matchup coming into this game. Kansas has done a good job of not turning the ball over ever since halftime of the Oklahoma State game. I think they had 11 turnovers at halftime against the Cowboys at home. Obviously too big of a number, and if that happens against Iowa State, that's going to be very problematic. Since that point, though, here's what they've done. They had one turnover in the second half against the Cowboys. They had uh, 13 turnovers against West Virginia in their most recent game. I know I'm going out of order chronologically, but uh, they had 12 turnovers against Texas Tech, and uh, against Oklahoma, they had just six turnovers. So you're talking about, what would that be, three and a half games of basketball where you've had 31 turnovers? in seven halves of basketball. So, you know, about four and a half turnovers per half. That is elite taking care of the ball since halftime of Oklahoma State. But now you're playing Iowa State, who is number one in the country in turnover rate defense, as I mentioned, at 30%, meaning almost one third of the time they are forcing a turnover from you. They're not all steals, but they take charges. They uh, just speed you up. They get in your head mentally because they're always there. And then all of a sudden you you make a a, a mistake that, Maybe they didn't slap the ball out or maybe they didn't just rip it away from you, but you threw a pass because you got sped up and it went out of bounds. You thought somebody was there and they weren't there or you just you know dribble off your foot because you have that in the back of your mind. That's going to be the biggest key to the game. I think I said for the West Virginia game because this is, this is the case for a lot of Big 12 teams. Tech, West Virginia, Iowa State, like all these teams have been elite at forcing turnovers. Nobody's more elite than this Iowa State team, though. If you can have a turnover number, like if Kansas, I think I said West Virginia, like 12 or 13, you should be fine. They had 13. They were more than fine. I think against Iowa State, if Kansas gets out of this game with 14, maybe even 15 turnovers, I think you actually feel good about where you are. It's again, if they get up to 20, 
you know, 19, 22, somewhere in that range where it becomes really, really problematic. And an Iowa State offense that, yes, they're shooting lights out from three over the last four games. But for the most part, it's an Iowa State offense that if you get them in the half court can labor at times. And if you give up those steals, all of a sudden there's more transition plays and maybe more open transition threes for them. Now, on the other side of it, it back to the turnover game, like this is matchup number two for me. Can KU start forcing turnovers again? Because Iowa State has not been very good at holding on to the ball their own right. They are 208th in the country in turnover rate offensively. They are 273rd in getting the ball stolen away from them, which means Kansas should have an opportunity to do just that. But Kansas went from being a team that, like in the month of December, I, I was thinking this was going to be like an elite Kansas team at, at forcing turnovers. But so far, that has kind of dissipated in Big 12 play. And two of KU's three lowest turnover forced games on the season in terms of turnover rate have come in their back-to-back games. So over the last two, with the Oklahoma game and the West Virginia game, they've had two of their three worst games in forcing turnovers. That needs to change in this game because that's an avenue that Iowa State has not been good at, so don't make a weakness a strength. I say that all the time but also avoid that half-court defense as much as possible. Get out in transition, and you can do that with this. They do play at a, a bit of a slower tempo, not nearly as slow, though, as Oklahoma, but they are one of the more slow teams in the Big 12. Uh, but Oklahoma was like in the 340s, 350 ranges in the country. Iowa State is inside the top 300, but uh, they, they still are a bit of a slower team. The, the last one I have here for the matchups is a player matchup. It would be the Battle of the Kansas Shooters. Caleb Grail, as I mentioned, for Iowa State, knockdown shooter, elite shooter for Iowa State. He can really get going in a hurry. And you have Grady Dick for Kansas. Both players originally from Kansas, both players from kind of the Wichita area. Um, I believe actually did, did both end up at Mays at some point. I don't know. Anyway, both players we know can kind of take over a game with their jump shooting ability. Now, Grady Dick's coming off the last game where he was face guarded. I, I have no idea if Iowa State is going to face guard Grady Dick. Uh, so I would just say this, like if you're doing any player props on the game, I, listen, I'm do whatever you want. Like if you have confidence that this or that's going to happen, like do your thing. I am going to be avoiding personally any Grady Dick props over or under. Because if you tell me that he's going to be face guarded, obviously you'd be like, okay, we should probably take under on the points. It's going to be hard for him to get free. But if you tell me he's not going to be face guarded, you know, maybe he's the type of guy that can alleviate pressure against this defense. And if they come out in any of that one, three, one, one of the areas that a lot of times teams can exploit the one three one zone, which we saw a lot of Iowa State using last year. Again, I don't know how much they're using it this year, but he's working into the corner and getting corner threes. Well, that's Grady Dick. But if they face guard him, it makes it really hard. Now, that said, if you're playing a one three one zone, you can't face guard someone because now, you know, the zone is is a mess. Like, how do you how do you work around that? Um, so I don't know. Iowa State has been such a good defense and they've been so elite at forcing turnovers that it almost makes me wonder, like, if you're them. Do you say we need to adjust and, and do what Oklahoma did and face guard them? Or do you just say, no, our defense has been elite. We're going to make them play to us. Like, screw that. So I have no idea if he's going to be face guarded or not. But but that could be a really good matchup and a chance to maybe swing the game on which guy maybe hits one more three than the other in what could be a very close game. And we're going to finish things up here with our bet online segment of the week with Locked on Jayhawks. So our bet online segment of the week, we don't as of yet for the Kansas-Iowa State game, but uh. If you go and, and take a look at, at Ken Palm right now, which, you know, the Ken Palm lines aren't always exactly 100% with what um, the actual line is is going to be, but usually it's pretty close. It has Kansas by seven. So I'd imagine Vegas line will be somewhere between like minus six and minus 
I don't know, eight seems too much for a top 15 matchup. So probably between, I don't know, minus five and a half and minus seven and a half is, is probably the number it'll come in at. Um, I'd probably be leaning Iowa State because I think their defense is that good and they've been shooting hot from three that I think it's going to be a really close game. Like I envision this game, I guess I would put it this way. I think Kansas, if they win, it's somewhere between three to five points um, as the max. So Iowa State plus five and a half or more, I'd be taking them. If it was Iowa State plus four and a half, I would avoid it. Um, as far as the over-under, Ken Palm only has it at 131. And again, I mean... I, I would just that would be an avoid for me because we, we saw the game last year in Allen Fieldhouse. It was uh, 62 to 61. Uh, the other game that they played in Ames was 70 to 61. So there hasn't been a lot of points. I guess, honestly, I would probably lean under that it could be a gross defensive game in that way. But I mean, that's such a little amount of points that if Kansas and Iowa State both just get hot from three or Kansas is able to work out and transition and play a fast game to their liking. And all of a sudden, you end up in a situation where it's like, okay, well, don't feel great about the over. So that's a stay away from me. Um, but I guess I would lean under if that would be the number at uh, 131. If there's any like player props um, to like in this game, I don't know, man. I, I think Dewan Harris is going to have the ball in his hands a lot. I mean, he always does. But in a game like this where they're constantly pressuring, you trust him to, to put you in the right situation. So maybe like over on Dewan Harris for, for points or assists or something. I don't know. Uh, there's some NFL action going on this weekend. No Chiefs games. I'm just going to run through some of my picks I like on Bet Online. I like the Seahawks, plus nine and a half. I think they keep it close. Pete Carroll's done well against um, uh, Kyle Shanahan. I almost called him Sean McVay. Uh, Chargers like them minus two and a half against the Jaguars. I know the Jaguars beat them earlier, but I don't know. I just don't see the Jaguars winning that game. Bills minus 13 against the Dolphins. Skylar Thompson, that ain't happening against the Bills. I do like the Giants to pull the upset against the Vikings straight up. So I'm actually taking a money line plus 140. And then I'm going with the uh, Bengals minus nine against the Ravens. Ravens won't be able to do anything on offense without Lamar Jackson. I don't even know if they're going to have Tyler Huntley. And then on Monday night, give me, I guess, the Bucks plus two and a half against the Cowboys. I don't think Tom Brady has ever lost to the Cowboys. That would be pretty wild if for the first time he uh, loses in the wildcard round. But they beat down the Cowboys in week one of the season. I think it was like 20 to three, something like that. Well, that's our bet online segment of the week. You can place your bets there as well. That'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. That'll do it for this week's editions of the show. We'll be back Monday to recap the Kansas-Iowa State game. We'll have a Tuesday show. Nick Schwert will be back with us for that. And uh, we'll be talking that KUK State game on that episode with Nick. You can catch me later today on Rock Chuck Sports Talk from 3 to, well, normally 6, but out early for high school hoops today on Rock Chuck Sports Talk with KLWN. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good weekend. Bye.